I think it's important to stick to, uh, to your time uh, and create your safe environment. For me, the dinner time is really a nice moment that I want to have with my kids. Maybe for you, it's going to the gym or you know having a club of uh, whatever uh, topics that you like. I think it's important to put that in your agenda because this is where you're going to get nurtured and you get really get your energy from. Uh, once you have that in mind, you just say, Stop? No. So I remember that time when I got a, a phone call from an assistant saying, oh, Delphine, I'm so sorry, we have to put a meeting from 6 to 7.30, it's in three weeks, I hope you can get organized. I said, well, sure, I'm not going to get organized with babysitter, you're going to get organized to make it fit in my calendar. So you know in advance you've got three weeks to make it work. If you're wondering, the person you just listened to was Delphine Mousseau. She was the VP of Markets at the giant startup Zalando and before then the director of e-commerce at Tommy Hilflinger. She has worked in more than 26 companies so far and managed to raise four beautiful kids. She has not only built an incredible career, but also gained impactful knowledge of what it takes to stand up for yourself, work on boosting your ambition and achieve your professional as well as your personal goals. My name is Irina Nikolovska. And as an entrepreneur and ambitious woman, I'm always on the lookout for amazingly inspiring role models. So I started interviewing kick-ass leaders to steer up a proactive discussion, boost my ambition, and influence female presence in tech and entrepreneurship. The experience has been overwhelming for my own personal growth, so I decided to share with you all the learnings. Thank you so much for listening, and welcome to the Sistership Podcast. A big topic amongst my peers is figuring out how to balance a successful career and our private lives. But what if it has nothing to do with figuring out an equilibrium? I think what is important is actually you shouldn't say balance because balance meaning it's either or. And I really believe that actually uh, what you do in your personal time, whether it's family or activities, and what you do in your professional times are building up on each other. So um, you don't need to have a family to be a good leader, but actually parenting is a great way to be a good leader. Because you have actually to handle relationship with conflict. You have to empower your kids as you have to empower your employees. If you just encourage them, but you just do the work uh, instead of them doing it, they will never learn. And it's the same. If you're doing the work of your team, uh, they will not be able to grow. So you need to give them a chance exactly the same way you're giving your kids a chance. So for me, it's all about making sure that whatever you learn on your personal level, you really leverage it for your work and reverse what you learn at work. You do it um, in your private life. And this you know, builds up uh, for more impact without taking too much of your time. If I give you an example, my career has not been linear. I've been doing all sorts of different things. And uh, when I arrived in Amsterdam, I had two young kids. Um, my ex-husband took a new job in a new city, in a new company. There was a lot of new, new, new. And uh, after really thinking through, I decided to pose my career. And um, actually, I did uh, a coaching. And uh, the woman who coached me said, you know, just has an objective, keep your employability. So I loved exploring places. And I said, well, what about I do something professional out of it? And I wrote a book about the secret places in Amsterdam, which is nice to have your name on Amazon. Um, I didn't earn any money, so if you uh, want to pay me a coffee, it's better than actually <laughs> buying the book. But it was really a super fun adventure. I've learned a lot. And actually, uh, people are always interested about this element of my career when they interview me. So somehow I use my personal 
activity to do something professional and it really enhanced my uh, ability to learn, collaborate. I worked with uh, Dutch people, learn about a culture, which allowed me when I worked uh, and managed uh, Zalando in the Netherlands to also understand better the culture. So it's this kind of swing in between your professional and personal that is important and not the, the balance where one is losing and, and one is winning. But that can be quite hard, especially when you're in the startup environment, because the pace tends to be much quicker, and uh, it's somehow also expected that you are much more involved because things are things needed need to be pushed as compared to when you work for big corporations where processes are already set up. No. I think in general, uh, we need to face the truth. If you want to have a successful career, it's damn hard work. So, <laughs> you want it or not, you will have to put the hours. Um, I did corporation, I did startups, you know, really starting from scratch uh, back in 1999, you know, like we were five people and coding was expensive. So, I've done all sorts of um, organizations. In the end, to succeed, you, you need to put the extra time. Sometimes you can have phases in your career. So I did some consulting at some point where I was working like 30 hours a week. But most of the time, if you want to have an acceleration in your career, you need to put the hours. And then it's a question of flexibility and it's a question of delegation. Delegation at work, delegation at home, flexibility in your work, flexibility at home, and a lot of compromises. There are things you won't be able to do. When I was young, my surrounding had a huge impact on how I developed as a person and which paths I chose both professionally and personally. Most of my friends went on to pursue arts and social sciences, my mom was a teacher, and most of the women that I knew that had professional careers didn't necessarily push full steam ahead to take on leadership and business roles. So it took me a while to find my path and learn that I not only can be excessively ambitious, but I can also without a doubt be part of the business and tech world. All it took for me was to be courageous and find new environments to draw examples and inspiration from. Delphine also had a unique experience towards discovering her path. So in my family, I'm kind of a weird animal. Uh, all my family is either a doctor or a dentist or some, you know, eye doctors, ophthalmologists. And, um, and basically all my parents and uh, all the family said, don't go to medicine. So I said, okay, well, you know, there is one way in France is doing this kind of prepa, which is kind of a, a good way of uh, studying. So I said, let's do it. And then I had absolutely no one in my family to show me the way. So I remember, you know, in France, you've got this kind of a very hard um, test that you have at the end uh, of this prepa, uh, this kind of uh, weird system that is so good that nobody copied it in the world. But anyway, and, uh, and then we had some first exams and uh, it was kind of not so great schools, but, you know, still decent. And my parents were so excited that I succeeded there. And then, of course, when I succeeded, I should say they were really excited. So um, I started in business really by chance. And actually, uh, the funny part is uh, I started in consulting because at the beginning I wanted to travel the world and um, I had found a job in Vietnam in a startup, small company, uh, back in a long time ago. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought I need to have a plan B. And at that time, everybody was going either uh, doing finance in London or doing consulting. So I thought, oh, let's do consulting. I don't really like arrogant people and McKinsey had a bad reputation in Paris, so I went to BCG. I interviewed and the cool thing they had is that the day of the interview, if you were uh, taken, you would receive a bottle of champagne and your contract. So <laughs> I thought, oh la la, I've got this little uh, startup in Vietnam and I've got uh, BCG, what do I do? So I told them I really want to travel. I said, it's an open contract, come whenever you want. 
So I have to say, I didn't have any guidance, but I really call people and call interaction, and this is how I came into business. So in general, I'm, I'm a very curious person. Um, I've been working, I counted recently, in 26 companies. Um, I really like consulting for the fact that you're jumping from one topic to another, but also I, I discover, discovered that through working abroad, you also discover a lot. So I think um, it's doing very different things in my life, which I really appreciated the most. And uh, startups has been a way of learning. Um, a bit more scale up with Zalando was also a way of learning. I've been managing 15 countries, so very different kind of way of working. Also in my team, very diverse people. So it's all about this learning process and keeping curious. Pursuing your passion full steam ahead also requires an amount of courage. It is something that I believe we're not necessarily born with, but it's something that we build up with time. One thing that helped me build up courage was to put myself into uncomfortable situations and push myself to do things I didn't feel comfortable doing. Once you go through that first painful experience, you feel so empowered because you understand that it's okay. And next time, it's much easier to go through with it. Delphine led a lot of different teams during her career, and her courage was drawn from the people working with her. When you have a team and responsibility, uh, it can start, uh, even if you've got a small team, uh, you really want to fight for your team and your projects. So I think when you have a very clear idea of where you want to go, that helps you get that kind of adrenaline uh, to really protect your territory and make sure that what you want to achieve is going to happen. You know, there are so many companies where you start a project and then there is a fight and then your project gets degraded and then it ends up in the bin and all the work that people have been putting on the project is basically wasted. So I think for me, it's the respect of the team is a, is a strong driver of my motivation. And then the willingness to accomplish things, to be proud of my work, um, it's, it's a good driver. What does it mean to be a good leader? That is something we're all still figuring out. It's a bit like parenting, no? A never-ending chain of constant alterations, improvements and adjusting. We have to be aware of different cultures, values, mindset, and build a system that's not authoritarian, but inclusive and liberal. And Delphine's leadership style is just about that. I'm very inclusive. I really like, um, actually, I don't like conflict. So I really like to uh, get people in and I tend to bend myself to adjust myself to the style of people. So I really like to empower people, bring them in. Uh, what I like to do is telling stories so people can understand where we want to go and they feel like they can contribute to this big objective. So usually I like to tell stories with a lot of image or, you know, um, um, relationship to something which happened in the past that are really striking that people can, you know, keep in their head uh, while they go to work for another month or a few months and really feel that uh, in their way they can contribute. Mm. So it's very inclusive, uh, it creates a good atmosphere, but of course when there is tension, like yes, no project, it's a bit more difficult for me to handle. So I really like when there is uh, a good compromise and, and everybody's uh, bending towards a common objective. So what do you do when you're in a situation when it has to be tough? Well, I put my tough cap, but I don't like it. So I guess some people are better in this. Um, and I really tend to work also in an environment where tough decisions, win-lose is not so much on the agenda, but where win-win is more on the agenda. Did you ever feel in a situation where you had to sort of be more tough? Uh, did you feel that you, it was different for you as a woman to do it? Or did you ever encounter barriers in your leadership guidance? So I guess when you've got a lot of alpha male in the room, it can be extra tension. Mm. 
So that's not very easy. Um, I've been getting red and yelling. I've been putting my fist on the table, really physically. Um, I think at some point you need to realize as a woman that sometimes you need to be tough if needed. Uh, if it's not in your character, I mean, some women are really tough. So I think it's not a question of gender. It's more around knowing who you are, what you're good at, and really uh, realizing that sometimes you need to step up your game and being ready to do that. And also realizing that it's not because you get red, you yell, and you put your fist on the table that people are not going to love you or respect you. You know, it's. Um, I think sometimes women think that they're not going to be appreciated if they go out of the caring kind of attitude, but from experience, it's not the case. So it's also partially us getting used to that environment and not just waiting for everybody else to adapt. I can give an example. I mean, we had uh, uh, one, uh, I remember it was in August uh, years ago, uh, we, my boss, we had really a, a really tough conversation. I wanted to step in on a project and he didn't want me to step in that project saying it was not my area of responsibility. And a month later, the person who were in charge actually completely messed up. So I was mad myself because it was having an impact on my way of working, on the impact of my team. Um, so I pointed it out which was not necessarily a good way of doing, approaching the topic and saying, if only you had let me do it, we would not be in this mess. Yeah. And then he started yelling and we had like, wow, what do you think, you're better. And the next day I thought, oh my God, you know, like my bonus is gone. And he said, that was really a tough fight. I liked it. You know, I was, so actually he respected me more for stepping up my game. But it was really unpleasant for me and I had not really a nice evening. Mm -hmm. I was just like, oh, maybe I went over the top. <laughs> Did it help afterwards? Yeah, I think it's good when you... I think um, it's very important in general for male and female to ask for feedback. Um, I think it was very nice that he gave me feedback. But otherwise, if you go home in any kind of situation where you've got kind of a mixed feeling and it feels a bit bitter, ask for feedback. Because sometimes people actually you know, react very positively to a tough discussion. And if you think actually they're mad at you and they're not, you kind of waste an opportunity of learning. So for me, it was really good that he came to me because I realized actually I could do it again with him. It wouldn't, would not be a problem. If you've been following closely, Delphine's experience has all been about putting herself in environments where her learning curve could exponentially grow. But how do you deal with the inevitable moments of doubt? There is what we call the imposter syndrome. This moment where you're thinking, oh my God, I'm here, but it's total mistake. Someone must have the same name I have. And then, uh, uh, Women are more subject to this imposter syndrome. So I think it's very important to kind of um, slow down your, your mind and realize that actually uh, it's just a thought and it's not reality. Um, to give you an example, I had this at the very beginning when I came at Zalando. Um, there was an organization and a, a meeting with some executive and uh, one of the assistants told me, oh, it's good you came today because I really had to fight to get you in the room. I was just like, what did you have to fight? Why? I'm not welcome in this group. And I started thinking stupidly. No, she had to fight because the agenda was complicated and, you know, it was difficult to find time in my calendar. Nothing worse. But, you know, you've got this imposter syndrome. You think, oh, I'm, I do not be belong. That's one part. And the second one uh, around your doubts is um, something I experimented when I was at Tommy. I was the only one understanding digital. You know, the, the whole company was very much uh, retail and uh, wholesale based, and they had no idea. And I tested stuff, but I could not um, control with data as much as we can do today. And sometimes I really had doubts and saying, is it really the right thing I'm doing? And I think what is really clear is that you need to have a good group, uh, peer group. Um, I'm promoting uh, the professional women network in Berlin that I started. So female network, peer network, where you can really check your ideas. So when I was in Amsterdam, I was part of... Um, 
a peer network in digital. I was part of a female network where I could check my ideas around leadership. You know, all my questions, I could check them with other people. So when you don't know, just ask. You showed me a beautiful video of your daughter. It was amazing to see. She is how old now? 12. 12. 12. Incredibly eloquent. If I didn't know she was 12, I would have said 25. Smarter than me. <laughs> But uh, you asked her a question about how she feels that you sometimes are way too busy. And her answer is, she's always here, but the moment that she's not there, I know that she feels so bad, so I don't mind because then she sort of comes back and makes up for it. But it's so incredible that you are so transparent with your kids about all of it. Was it an initial conscious thought that you tried to influence uh, your kids to sort of be aware of everything that's uh, happening with you also career-wise? So I think my kids do not like when I'm not working because I'm really in a bad mood. <laughs> so I need to have some activity. So I remember uh, in the Netherlands, you give birth and you stay at home. And then my boys at that time were like maybe eight or nine. And they, they came to the room and saying, you've been lying down for two days. What's going on? You know, like <laughs> something's prepared and it's going to be bad. So, so they know that it's my balance. And, um, you know, um, I'm also running as a single mom. So it's important for me to have my independence and, and they know that. And um, I think it's a question of being very transparent of what's good for them, what's good for me. And, um, and securing time uh, that they know I'm fully available. I think it's um, actually challenging for a stay-at-home stay mom because um, on my side, I delegate uh, more than a full-time job to other people helping me. So, which means that when you stay at home, you have got a full-time job plus the time with your kids. And most of the time, you tend to do things while taking care of your kids and you're not fully available. And I think it's the same, you know, at work. You want to have sometimes dedicated time with your team and it's one-on-one -on -one and you're fully there. And if you really have a possibility to create this quality time at work and at home, then the relationship can thrive. And I think that is the most important, having this quality relationship. Do you think also your example of uh, putting so much effort and achieving so many incredible things in your career influences ambition in your kids as well? Definitely. Do you see that? Yeah, I think they, they, once you show that everything is possible, towards to, to certain limits, like what you want something, you can work for it and, and you get there, I think they get a lot of motivation in all aspects of their you know, life, not necessarily professionally, but also um, getting to uh, some sports competition or applying to a different kind of um, yeah, games or competition. They're, they're really excited, yeah. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Please give me your feedback in the comments section. I would love to know what you think. The next episode features Sarah, co-founder and COO of Ultimate AI, so stay tuned. If you want to join one of our Sistership events and learn more about the initiative, go to sistership.thefamily.co. Otherwise, follow us on Instagram at sistershipthefamily or me personally on Twitter under Irina Nikolovska. Hope to meet you at one of our events in Berlin, Paris or London.